Hey, it's good to be back with you. Thank you for being with us. Um, I want to say Happy Easter to you. You'll be viewing this on Sunday, but in real time, we are um, we are putting this together on Thursday, April the first. And uh, even though um, it's Easter and we're looking at warmer weather today, it's snowing outside. So I want you to know that. But Happy Easter to you and blessings to you. Uh, we're going to be looking at Philippians four eight. And we've been there all through Lent, taking one segment at a time, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, etc., and walking through them. Today we're going to be on uh, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Let me read the scripture to you. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence and there's anything worthy of praise, Think on these things. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompt me with it, I really do want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you will remind me out of everybody listening or watching, I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment. I'm a teacher of your word, a preacher, and you hold that on me, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Today we're dealing with praiseworthy. During Lent, we focused on each of these in, in, in Philippians 4.8. Whatever is true, we had that one week. Whatever is honorable, you know the rest of it. Last Sunday, we handled uh, if there is anything excellent, uh, to be able to think on that and to be able to do that. Today, it's about praiseworthy. Paul is wanting you to think on these things with the intention of you doing these things. Uh, it's going to lead to a life, an excellent life. We call it a kingdom life. We call it kingdom excellence. And he also adds, it's going to lead to a life that brings some praise, that is praiseworthy. Here's what he means. It's going to be a life that is noticed by other people and they are going to praise, bring praise to your life. Uh, others may even desire your, that type of life that they see in you. Paul demonstrated this and people were trying to mimic him. He actually says this in verse 9 and we'll get to in just a moment. But to, to mimic him and he said, go ahead and follow me because if you follow me, then my life is going to lead you to the life of Christ. He really did encourage that to happen. So uh, you need to know that all this life that's being mentioned here that you and I are living and, and challenged to live is going to bring notice to us, but then it's going to be praise that is given to our Heavenly Father. So here, there's a catch, though. Here's the catch. Any praise to us is to be reflected to him. It all goes to him because this life that they see now in our lives is really his life because we have given that life back to him. It is a surrendered life and it is a life that God approves and it is a life that God gives. I'll be telling you more stories to give you a picture of that here in just a moment. So let, let me sum it up this way. In Philippians 4 8, he says, think on these things with the intention of doing these things, not just thinking on them. Thinking leads to doing. 
So the doing leads to an influential life of kingdom excellence and a life that may draw praise from other people to you. And then we pass it on to him. So that this praise is for a God-approved life, a, a, a life that he gives you and life that he influences. Let me, let me give it to you like this. <clears throat> I, uh, I believe that God gives out commendation and we know that Jesus did that to some of the churches in Asia. Uh, we know that uh, at Jesus' baptism and other parts of his life, the, the Father spoke and said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. We know that God finds favor with his, his servants in what he has chosen to do to accomplish his will. I, I say it like this. Uh, this life that is approved by God, it can be God giving you an attaboy or an girl. Now, I, I know it's properly it's thataboy and that a girl, but where I grew up, they just leave off the T and the H, and it's attaboy, girl. When, uh, when uh, people see something commendable and all these attributes in Philippians 4a they see in your life, uh, they, can, they can bring praise to you and say, listen, that... I, your life is incredible and the praise comes to you, but then we've got to give it back to him. But also know that God gives those attaboys to us, an attaboy and an girl, And he's done that with people even all through scripture. Here's how he says it and how he shows it is that he is pleased with what he sees in our life. So the goal here of a praiseworthy life is a life that is pleasing to him. It's one of influence and it's one of blessing. Remember what we said last Sunday, all I want to be is a blessing to other people. So any praise that comes our way, if you do these things, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a life of kingdom excellence, those things in Philippians 4.8. And then it's also gonna be a life that's gonna bring uh, praise from other people for the way that you're living your life. So any praise we get is reflected to him because he made it possible. So what, what does this life look like? Simply, it is a life of peace. It becomes a life of peace. <clears throat> Philippians 4, the chapter, says peace. Paul wrote in this chapter that peace comes in two ways. One, prayer. Two, thinking and doing these things. And then in uh, Philippians 4, 9, he says, what, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do these things. And the God of peace, there's a promise, will be with you. So how is this peaceful life possible? Let me, let me tell you a story. Um, I did my doctorate at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. This is before the days of online uh, education. Now, I emailed my professors, but I physically had to be on campus um, several weeks a year, uh, depending on what track I was taking. So it usually worked out that I was out there uh, two weeks in the spring and maybe two weeks in the fall, uh, sometimes a little over that. But I would fly out there, stay there, uh, do, my, do my coursework, my campus work, uh, and then fly back. On one trip back, I was flying back from L.A., and I, I just got really used to that, uh, to, to that journey of uh, flying out there and being in these the same airports. I got really used to that. Uh, but I was on the way back from L.A. in LAX in uh, uh, 
I, I got a blessing. I got bumped up to first class. Well, that was awesome. I mean, I'm a pretty big boy, and uh, it's funny when I get on an airplane and people see me in the aisle, and they're like, you're not sitting here, are you? I mean, you can just see the look on their face. And uh, so uh, I got bumped up to first class, which was a joy. So I'm getting into my first class seat. Uh, there's a lot of commotion going on because that was when the the first American Idol was coming out and all the people who were the finalists of American Idol were on the same flight that I was on. Uh, they were flying out. And so there's a lot of commotion, people getting autographs, all that kind of stuff. So I find my seat in first class, never been there before in my life. I'm situated to a guy that I found out later is from Florida. We're talking back and forth. And I know some of you, we talk about having spiritual conversations. You don't want to have them because you're afraid you'll look bad. Let me tell you, I look bad all the time when it comes to spiritual conversations. Um, so we're, we're talking back and forth. And um, I asked the guy what he did. And uh, he, uh, he said he was in intellectual properties. And I was, I was I, I'd really never heard that before. And um, that was on the verge of IT stuff. And... And uh, so I, I just really didn't know what that meant. So when I heard properties, automatically my brain switched to real estate, okay? So I start having this conversation about real estate, and he goes, I have intellectual properties really all over the United States and telling me about his business. And he's a super nice guy, great guy. And uh, so I'm telling him about some real estate people that I know in the Lexington, Louisville area that have real estate all over the United States and some of their big business. And I'm just being a dummy, right? His intellectual properties and my real estate properties do not match. And he knew that and he was just incredibly gracious to me. So for those of you who are afraid you'll get into spiritual conversations and mess up, I'm the king of mess up. You just need to know that. Uh, but I just plowed right on in, you know. I, I, I knew I'd messed up, and I even apologized for that. He got a chuckle out of it. We're, we're in our flight, and he still didn't ask me what I did. I didn't tell him. And um, he looked at me, and he goes, you have a lot of peace in your life. Just randomly said that. He goes, how do you have this peace in your life? And so I was able to tell him. I was able to tell him what the Lord had done in my life. Paul said you, uh, you get the peace of God in two ways in Philippians 4, chapter 4. One is pray, spend time with the Father. Of asking, throwing your worries to Him, everything to Him, it tells you what to do there. It says, and the peace of God shall guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then the second thing he says, Think on these things and do them, and you will have a life of excellence, which means influence, and then also a life that even may bring praise from other people. And remember, if we get that praise, we give it to him because he made that possible in our life. I was able to tell this guy how I had a peaceful life. I was able to share the Lord with him in a very uh, non-threatening way in just a casual conversation, but it was a crucial conversation. I was able to share with him of the Lord, and he listened to everything I said because uh, he was just, his life was wrecked with stress. And somehow he saw in my life that I have a life with peace. 
I don't have a life with peace because I get up and go, ooh, I want to have a peaceful life today. I have a life of peace because number one, I spend time with the Father, and number two, I try to think and do these things, which leads to a life of excellence and a life that is praiseworthy. Now listen to me. I know, I can, I can feel what you're thinking. You, you're, it, this sounds selfish. It sounds like I'm trying to live this selfish life that draws praise to me and to, and, and, and to other people, doesn't it? It sounds like, but it isn't. It is a real life that reflects what God can do and how he can empower a life. Uh, I know we're at Easter, and I haven't said one thing about the resurrection of Christ, but you need to buckle up because I'm getting ready to have nothing but a focus on the resurrection. How does he empower such a life to have peace the same way he empowered the resurrection? You just need to understand that evidence and proof of the resurrection is still happening today. Every person who surrenders their life to Christ in, in a term, in a phrase that we use, is saved is a picture of resurrection power. Well, the salvation occurs, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that saves you, that transforms you, and that empowers you. Let's talk about is the same power that saves you. John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment. Now hang on, some Christians argue with me and scripture about us facing the judgment. He does not come into judgment uh, at all. It, in Romans 8, 1, for those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, none. He has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death into life. We have said this several times to get the message across at Hope Church, and that is when the Lord saves you, he's not making a good person bad. He's making a dead person come to life. It is the picture of resurrection. It's not about seeing somebody who's a felon and saying, let's let the Lord save them and they'll end up being a good citizen. It is dead people coming to life is the picture of it. So every salvation of every single person is a picture of the resurrection power of life of Christ that makes this happen. Uh, look at John 3, 16 and 18. You know most of this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, here we are, no judgment. Uh, you remember Planet Fitness? It goes, no judgment here. <laughs> well, Planet, Planet Fitness is not salvation. But you understand what I'm saying, right? Uh, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. I want to tell you, I, I like that part. Uh, but, but they have eternal life. Now look at verse 17. For God sent the son into the world not to condemn the world, Jesus, everybody wants to think Jesus in the church is out to condemn them. We are not out to condemn the world. I'm not out to call you a bad person or even a wrong person. That's not our job. But you need to understand, Jesus says, but that the, but that the world through him might be saved. He, he believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is already condemned. 
This world is already condemned because he has not believed in the Son of God. Some people get a picture of Jesus and the church as out to bring, you're wrong, you're bad, you, you're, you're tainted, you're, you're scarred. In um, all those things. And it's not what we do. It's not what Jesus in the church does. The world's condemned already. What does he come into the world to do? To save it. How does he save it? With resurrection power. He brings dead people to life in him. I've got a, is it wrong for me to amen my own sermon? I'm amening my own sermon. He brings dead people and he makes them life. Uh, makes them alive. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that transforms you. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the, the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, which actually the word means complete in Him. Uh, it is a picture of this resurrection power is moving me from a worldly mind thought to a kingdom mind thought is switching even the way that I think and the way that I even understand. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that empowers us. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to any inheritance which is imperishable, uh, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power, do you see that, God, that, that phrase, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The same, the same power that raised him from the dead not only saves me and not only transforms me, but it empowers me. Uh, my hope is alive because Christ is alive. I want to take you to the picture of baptism for just a moment. Uh, more than just a ritual in the church, I want you to see this. When we baptize somebody and we take them under the water, they are identifying with the death and the burial of Christ. When I bring them up out of the water, it is a picture of the resurrection of Christ, which is we're celebrating not only today, but every Sunday when we meet. When I take them under the water, not that I baptize them twice, but in, in the same motion, it's representation of their old life that has gone away. And when I bring them up out of the water, it's the new life, a new life that has been resurrected and saved by the resurrection power of Jesus. Even baptism points to the power of the resurrection in our life. John eleven twenty five, Jesus is talking to Lazarus' sister. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Now let me just stop there for a moment. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, I want you to know what I feared the most, he's conquered the greatest, death and the grave. Can't hold him. Can't hold him, it won't hold us. There's gonna be a day of resurrection. But he says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. What kind of life? If you do Philippians 4.8, if you do that and think on it and do it, it's going to lead to a life of kingdom excellence. Not worldly excellence, but kingdom excellence. And it's going, to be, it's going to be a life that people will notice. You will be different. You will treat people differently. And it will be an incredible influence. And they will see it. And they may even give you praise for it. 
but we reflect that praise to him because the resurrection of Jesus made that life possible. You didn't do that. Your education didn't do that. Your money won't do that. Your career choice won't do that. You having a strong will will not do that. The only thing that will cause you to have a life of kingdom excellence and a life that is praiseworthy, that is really bringing praise to him for a life that he has created in you, all comes through the resurrection power of Christ. He's not only the resurrection, the event. He is the life. And we, he says, he who believes in me, though, though he die, yet shall he ever live in this. And he even says to us later, do you believe this? I want to ask you, do you believe it? Do you believe that, that he can create such a life in you? I do. I believe it's why I preach. It's why I surrender to ministry. I know what he's done in mine, and I know what he can do in yours. It becomes a life of peace. It's a life that's been saved. It's a life that's been transformed. It's a life that's been empowered. All of this is possible from the for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He gave you life, and not only life, he's given you chance after chance after chance for you to surrender that life. I, I think there's nothing better that we can ever do. A life that he gave us is just to give it back to him. There's nothing more, there's nothing better than you can do than that. So we're going to ask you to take this life, we're going to give it back to him, and it leads to a life of kingdom excellence and a life that brings him praise. Happy Easter to you. Live in the power of the resurrection. It's not for just that one-time event. It's for me and you to experience today. It saves us, it transforms us, and it empowers us. Uh, to get us through all kinds of things in our life, okay? Do you believe this? Please, on the other side of this lens, please say, yes, I believe this. Yes, I do. I love you. God bless you. Uh, walk with him. And what do we say to each other? Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them.